Football on off the ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. You're very welcome back. Joe Malloy with you this evening. Uh, Daily Blind, blast from the past, has just headed uh, inches wide for Ajax against Liverpool this evening where it remains 1-0 after 76 minutes. It was Salah on 17 minutes and then Kudus on 27 minutes for Ajax. Elsewhere this evening, Group B were also nil all uh, between Bayer Leverkusen and Atletico Madrid, so also squared there. And we have Barcelona now 2-0 down in Munich against Bayern this evening after 78 minutes. So Sané, Leroy Sané has just scored the second for Bayern against Barcelona in Munich. And uh, Spurs beaten 2-0 this evening by Sporting Lisbon, which brings us to our next uh, guest. We were going to talk about South American football, but I think Tim Vickery, uh, deep post-mortem on terrible Spurs is what you'd enjoy more. Hello. Hello. Very good evening to you. Uh, I, I don't know if you can if you can see me. Oh, we can. I, I can see an empty chair with uh, a brick wall behind it. Oh. So uh, it, it enables me to say, talking to you, Joe Malloy, is just like talking to a brick wall. Yeah, indeed. Sometimes that happens. I promise you I'm here. I'm, I'm very nearby. I'm very nearby. Uh-huh. Uh, we didn't see the Spurs game here. We were busy doing other things. Did you watch it? I did, yes. Um, I feel, I have to say, I'm a very lapsed supporter. I feel a very, very long way away from the team. I haven't been uh, haven't been to the new stadium. The last time I saw the team was uh, the end of 2017, I think. So uh, I, I feel very remote. Um, it it wasn't a bad, it wasn't a dreadful performance. It was uh, it was eeping away towards a, towards a goalless draw until uh, Sporting struck twice in stoppage time. Um, the defensive deficiencies of uh, of our right wing back uh, Emerson Royale, I think, were exposed there just toward just towards the end. But not not a not a total disaster. You can see what they're getting at now with Richarlison, because with Harry Kane coming back, threading passes through Richarlison, attacking that space, mm. that aspect of the team worked quite well and could, and could have brought a few goals. So it's one to pick yourself up, dust yourself down and start all over again, I think. Very good. Well, it's been a while since we checked in and, and next week is the international uh, window, the last before the World Cup in Qatar, which is just strange and surreal to say, really, at this mm. time of year. For, and because we've been talking about Qatar for so long, uh, squads being finalised. Uh, I just had a glance, I wasn't sure actually... It didn't occur to me to check for a long time who the favourites for the World Cup are. And and certainly on the uh, various uh, websites I checked today, Brazil were predominantly the favourites, 5-1 to one territory, uh, France 11-2, to two, England and Argentina then third favourites, 13-2, to two, and then you're on to Spain and Germany. So Brazil, the favourites, have uh, named their squad for the upcoming international window. Just an odd first question, no... Jesus, Gabriel or Martinelli and uh, Coutinho also out of the squad as well. I'm not sure had he been in uh, previously. Is this like an anti-Arsenal thing or is there some uh, reason for all this? <laughs> well, yeah, the coach has clearly decided if your name is Gabriel and you play for Arsenal, you're out. Because yeah. all three of them were in the squad last time and they're not anymore. It is an interesting squad, although what we're doing here really is tinkering around the edges. Firstly, on the point of, of favourites. Mm. And one of the things that makes this World Cup so so fascinating is there's just no way of knowing because there has been next to no Europe versus South America football since the last World Cup. So we're going to find out the, the, the respective forces during the course of the tournament. But Brazil are on a roll. You know, after they lost the Copa America on home ground in the middle of last year, 
Since then, it's been 10 wins, three draws, no defeats, 30 scored, four against. That's not a bad record, is it? So there's not a lot to put right. What there is, is just tinkering around the edges of the squad. Now, they've got two ways of playing. One is to have two wingers. Uh, Hafia one side, Vinicius Jr. the other. Neymar as as, as a false nine. The other, and it would be a big call, that would be to drop one of the wingers, who would probably be Vinicius Jr. That's why it's such a big call. And then uh, almost certainly it would be Richarlison starting as as a number nine with Lucas Paqueta of West Ham's new acquisition, not playing as, a, as an attacking midfielder, but playing as a kind of withdrawn left winger. So all of the things that he's done there with the fringes of this squad, the players that he's left out, none of those affects the likely starting 11s that he's got there. But it is interesting, nonetheless. Felipe Coutinho is an absolute favourite of Brazil's coach, Chichi, mm. who brought him back when he was really still in the doldrums, you know, at Barcelona, moving to Aston Villa. And now he's been left out of the squad. Does that mean he's not going to the World Cup? I doubt it. I just think it's a, it's a little bit little bit of dynamite being placed in that, as my old man would have said, in the, in the place where the sun don't shine, mm. just to try and whip him out of a disappointing start uh, to, to the season. The Arsenal three, I think, are even more intriguing. And I think all three of them are, are in different positions. Martinelli, I think, will miss out just because Brazil have got more strikers in wide spaces and they know what to do with. Gabriel Magalhães, I was really shocked with because he's, he's been in and around the squad for a while without playing. And I would have thought that these friendlies against Ghana and Tunisia would be the moment just to give him a run out. Instead of which he's been left out and in for the very first time come a couple of uh, Italy-based players, Bremer of Juventus and Ibanez of Roma. Um, So one of those will certainly get a chance, I would think. And you can only conclude that Gabriel Magalhães has lost space and uh, is is no longer in pole position, which surprises me greatly because he is the only left-footed centre-back that they have. I I thought before this squad that he was booked in for bed and breakfast. I now think he probably has a real struggle to go. And Gabriel Jesus is mystifying. I'm trying to get inside the head of the coach and trying to understand it. I suspect that he'll go to the World Cup but that he's not going to be in the starting 11. I think he, do, he doesn't feature in either of those starting 11s that I gave you. Um, he hasn't had a good time for Brazil. His last competitive goal is more than three years ago. He finally broke that duck in June, stoppage time of a friendly against South Korea, which, which was already won. It was 4-1 when he put the ball in, in the back of the net. Before that, it was 19 games without a goal, starting most of them in a side that was, uh, that was winning. So he's a piece in, 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 that, uh, in that collective that hasn't been working. You would have thought that there would be an incentive to get him in the squad, to keep him in the squad and try and use the confidence that he's currently playing with and try and take that confidence into the national team. Hmm. So mystifying. Possible an explanation? Well, there is a lot of competition in the attacking places for Brazil. Uh, And uh, I think what the coach really wants to do 
is have a look at some of the other number nines. Um, the big fuss over here is always the home base players because there are so few of them. You know, it's a proud football culture that doesn't react well to the fact that all of the best players are on the other side of the Atlantic. The local hero at the moment, a, a target man number nine, is uh, Pedro of Flamengo, who's the, the leading scorer in the Copa Libertadores, South America's Champions League. He's, he's in. He will have to have a look at him. Possibly, I would have thought, against Tunisia, mm. a side that defend deep because Pedro isn't particularly quick, but he is very good inside the penalty area. And there's also Mateus Cunha, who was so important to the side that won the Olympics last year, successfully promoted to the senior squad afterwards, but hasn't scored goals, hasn't had a good start to the season of uh, Atletico Madrid. So I suspect what is happening here is it's a last, it's a last chance for Mateus Cunha to get to the World Cup and a chance for Pedro and that Gabriel Jesus will be back. But I would have thought that he will be very disappointed because uh, that World Cup, he's, he's, he's said this recently, what a big trauma it was four years ago for him to play at centre-forward and not score a single goal. And after that, he wasn't keen on playing at centre-forward at all. You would have thought that he would have been desperate now that he's playing full of confidence to take that in, into, uh, into the Brazil squad. So that's the interpretation that I'm putting, that I'm putting on it. Mm. But uh, this is in the realm of interpretation because at face value, it does look baffling. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky, all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. The best rugby insight and analysis. OTB Sports Rugby. How, how would you argue if Johnny Sexton was to go and win a World Cup with Ireland and lead them to it that he wouldn't be the greatest? Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Hadn't quite realised or appreciated they were in such good form over the past uh, year or so. Those 10 wins and three draws and zero losses, as you said, Tim. And even just glancing at the squad, and I'm not as au fait with the Pedros of Flamengo, but... Plenty of names that just jump off the page. I mean, it's a funny thing, like the, the goalkeeping heartbeat of the Premier League and Allison and Ederson yeah. both there. And then defensively, they have Militao at Real Madrid. They have Thiago yeah. Silva, now 38, I suppose, but Marquinhos, Danilo, Alexandro, Juventus. Midfield, again, lo- so many familiar names. Casemiro, uh, Bruno at Newcastle, Fabinho, uh, Fred, of course, much maligned, but Fred nonetheless at Manchester United. And then plays he, very well for Brazil. So plays hear, really well for so Brazil. So I hear, yes. is, is it him and Casemiro who are the, the yes. duo? Yeah. Yes, that's the first choice. But Nuno Guimarães is putting pressure on Fred, but Fred has done so well that it would be, it would be hard to, uh, to, to take him out. Um, and the, the thing that's really made people excited over the last few months is the attacking options that have come through. Um, Hafia dropped into the Brazil side Honestly, in all the time that I've been here, I've never seen anyone look more instantly at home with the national team shirt right. on their back. Right. And that was tough because no one knew him over here. You know, he was a real unknown when he was when he was called up. Um, Vinicius Jr. has exploded as a global star, especially in, in the last 12 months. Uh, he's just taken it up to another level. And all of this is great because it helps take the immense pressure, take some of the immense pressure off Neymar. Now, the fact that the World Cup is happening before Christmas is good news for Neymar as well. If you look at... Um, recently uh, his best form has been early season it's after Christmas that the injuries have, have tended to come so at the moment 
You know, I mean, it, it is a manic depressive football culture. Yeah. And uh, when they lost the Copa America in the middle of last year, it was, oh, we're rubbish. We'll never get anywhere. Now they think they're unstoppable. Um, but I think it's going to take a very good, good, good team to stop them. They're a better side than they were four years ago when I thought they played the best game of the World Cup in that quarterfinal against Belgium. And I thought they'd earn the right to take that one into extra time. Um, they're better now. They've got more options. Um, they're, they're a side who uh, recently, not only that they're not conceding, they haven't looked like conceding. Uh, and it's going to take a good team on a, on a good day to, uh, to, to beat them. But as I say, the, the fascinating imponderable is that we haven't seen them. I mean, since the last World Cup, they played one friendly away to the Czech Republic. And that's it. They've been desperate to fix up matches against yeah. European opposition, yeah. but they can't do it because of the, you know, the pandemic and, and, and the Nations League. They can't do it. So we're going to find out the, res the, the respective balance of forces between the best of Europe and the best of South America during the World Cup, which is wow. a little bit like Joe Malloy. Yeah. The World Cups of, uh, of my childhood, when you say. didn't know how good the teams were until you got there. Yeah, that, there is a quaintness to it. I mean park the guitar in the middle of a season uh, that's not quaint but the rest of it there's a there's a lovely kind of tradition well there. even the middle of the season has you know if we can just put to one side some of the ethical issues and where we are and how we got there um so many of the recent world cups have been blighted by end of season tiredness you know to get now the best players close to their peak form i honestly think we're going to see as a spectacle the best world cup since 1986 i can hardly wait hmm yeah, I dare say you're right, uh, counterintuitively. So again, those forwards, Neymar, I didn't like, not even mention Firmino, uh, Vinicius Jr. you mententioned Anthony yeah. you know he's just been signed for, by Manchester that's United. Right. That's Rodrigo right. of Real and, and Madrid. So uh, that's it's right. Kind of, it's extraordinary. Yeah, Firmino's just been recalled uh, and that's an interesting one because uh, his star is maybe on the wane. Hmm. But if you look at the, the line and look at what they've got, who is the closest to Neymar in that false nine role? And if Neymar picks up an injury or a yeah. suspension, or who have you got? And really the answer is, is Firmino. So that's why he's been recalled. But he's another one who isn't nailed in. You know, he's, he's, he's going to, uh, good performances in these friendlies, if he gets a chance, are going to help. So he's another one who's just at the moment on the fringes. So the, the, these, uh, the, these dates to most of the squad are not particularly important. It's just ticking over. Yes, but for okay. the players on the fringe, very, very important indeed. Yeah, well, it's going to be so fascinating. Brazil um, closing in this year on 20 years since the 02 World Cup win. And yeah. uh, the last time they went as long without winning a World Cup was 1973 to 94, those 24 years. So uh, it is going to be interesting one way or another. Uh, by the way, Liverpool have just scored at Anfield. They are going ballistic, 89th minute. And uh, I'll get you a goal score in a moment, but it's Liverpool 2, Ajax uh, 1. Uh, by the way, before we let you go, just this story, uh, I, I, I would say brewing. I mean, I, I guess the, the interesting thing would be to get your sense of how serious this might be for Ecuador. Uh, Byron Castillo uh, played for them, although it turns out he played with a fake passport and the Ecuadorian FA are accused of covering that up. And there's a FIFA hearing this Thursday. Uh, Byron was born in Colombia. And I suppose, Tim, the... the allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly. Oh, excuse me. Yes. Uh, the, the worst penalty here, if all, if all is found uh, not to be well, would be being kicked out of the World Cup. Uh, we seem a few steps removed from that happening, or what do you think? I'm not a legal man. Yeah. And uh, so uh, my, my feeling is, and certainly on the merits of the case, that Chile are wasting everyone's time. 
Um, Chile failed to go to the last World Cup brilliantly because they shot themselves in the foot. They launched a protest against Bolivia fielding an in, in, in eligible player. That protest was upheld, but Peru ended up benefiting more than Chile did, and Peru got the playoff slot, slot and Chile didn't. Had Chile just kept their mouth shut, they'd have had the playoff slot last time round. So they've gone back to the well. Um, they allege that Byron Castillo was born in Colombia four years earlier than, uh, than his, his stated date of birth. They could be correct. So what? The, the, the age thing is absolutely irrelevant. This, the, the World Cup is not an age-limited competition. So uh, if he's fiddled his age, you know, that, that, that's neither here nor there. Mm. When Brazil won a World Under-20 Cup with a player who was closer to 30 than 20, they didn't get stripped of that title. Um, whether he was born in Colombia, it's a possibility. But... Nationality, and uh, you Irish will understand this better than anyone else. Nationality is one thing. Footballing nationality is another. What we do know about Byron Castillo is as far as you can trace back his life, certainly as a footballer, he was in Ecuador. Uh, he's just moved to Mexico a few months ago. But his entire footballing career was all in Ecuador. So he's clearly a product of, of, uh, of Ecuadorian football. Uh, he's, he was, uh, there have there, long been doubts about his identity, more on the age thing, I think, than on the nationality thing. Ecuador waited until he'd been granted Ecuadorian citizenship before they called him up. Now, Ecuador are perfectly entitled to grant him Ecuadorian citizenship. He'd lived in the country, at least if he wasn't born in the country. If we grant Chile this, he lived in the country since, since he, was a, he was a child. So he's clearly eligible for Ecuadorian citizenship. FIFA can't decide that he's not eligible for Ecuadorian citizenship. Ecuador decide that, and Ecuador have every right to decide that. So uh, the, the FIFA re uh, residency period for a naturalized player is five years. And Byron Castillo spent many, many more years than that in Ecuador before he was called up by Ecuador. So uh, I, I honestly can't see any merit whatsoever in Chile's claim. And so what if he was born in Colombia? You know, where was where was Tony Cascarino born? You know, where was Terry Butcher born? Where was Ben Brereton born, for crying out loud? You know, mm. can't even sing the Spanish, the, the Chilean national anthem, and he leads the line for them. So I, I, I can see no merit in their case. And I would have thought now, because we're so close, we're only just over two months away from the opening game, which involves Ecuador. The tickets have been sold, the corporate packages. And I would have thought that, if any action is taken, and it's clear that Biden Castillo hasn't cheated in any way. He, he, he hasn't, you know, been a Colombian who decided for, to, to, to cheat the regulations and, 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 and represent Ecuador. That, that's not the way that, that uh, this has happened. So I would have thought from an Ecuadorian point of view, the worst case scenario would be that there is a punishment for Biden Castillo. I can't see any reason for a punishment for for Ecuador since they didn't call him up until the Ecuadorian government had granted him Ecuadorian citizenship. Okay, well, that's uh, on Thursday, that hearing, so we'll see how it plays out. Tim Vickery, thanks so much. Pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports.